0: Thank you for tuning in to The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, and I'm your host, Jessica Newsom. So I looked on my podcast feed and uh, my YouTube uh, videos, which basically has all the videos I've ever done, and I really didn't see a good testimonial video. We all have that God story, right, of how we came to God, how we became sold out for God and Along the way, after years pass, after that fire kind of dwindles and we go through storms and we go through trials and tribulations and things get difficult and we really have to grow in our faith and we really have to learn how to trust in God and we really have to learn patience, we have to remember sometimes why we even said yes in the first place. When things get difficult, a lot of times we just have to go back and remember Why we said yes to God in the first place. Why we stopped and gave up everything to follow God in the first place. And a lot of times that is a sense of encouragement for us to keep moving forward. So I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about my why. As I was just kind of thinking about the problems and the issues and the things that haven't come to pass and the things I still struggle with and the things that I've prayed for, and I'm like, God, come on, what's going on? I stopped and I thought about why I never have given up on God. Because so many people do. So many people just stop short of the miracle, stop short of the promise. And I was kind of just asking myself, well how come I'm not one of those people? Because over the past nine years, I've had some major ups and I've had major downs, but there was always something that was keeping me close to God in spite of how I felt. And how I felt is how a lot of us feel. We feel like giving up. We feel like saying, forget it, I don't wanna do it anymore. We feel like saying, God, I don't see your promise, your provision, so I'm, I'm, I'm just done with this. Our flesh, our feelings are always counter to what God is saying. It's always counter to what the Bible is saying, that God is gonna do, what he's gonna reveal, what he's gonna do in us and through us. Our feelings are usually predicated on what we see around us, our situations that we go through. And so I had to go back and I had to ask myself, why? Why did I even become a Christian? Why did I drop everything and say yes to God wholeheartedly walking away from that old life and just clinging towards the new and saying God guide me and lead me like many people maybe you haven't but a lot of us like we grew up in the church I grew up Baptist grew up in the church drugged the church didn't want to go to church but drugged the church and for me I struggled with same-sex attraction all of my life I think the 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 age where I really began to realize that I had these attractions was around the age of five and it was playing house. And that's something that was taught to me. And then I just continued that. And I found the, the, the love and affection that I felt as though I was lacking. I found it in other girls, my age. And so what was taken out of context, what was distorted was, was a love that your parents supposed to give you, right? It's it's that love and comfort and affirmation and cuddles and hugs and kisses, all of those things that you're supposed to receive from your parent. If you aren't feeling those things, if if you aren't receiving those things, if there's something that is just disconnected in that area of your life, you will cling to whatever will give you that sense of happiness, that sense of peace, that sense of love, right? And so uh, maybe you've experienced it too. You felt it in the same sex attraction you've you've you you clung to another person of the same sex or even the opposite sex, and you began to associate over time as you grew up um as I did like it goes from playing house to becoming more sexually active and finding that affirmation and love. Not only in a person, but then it, it evolves into sex, so finding that love and affirmation by giving yourself to someone else by by feeling that pleasure and and although it lasts for a moment, although it may last for a night and it feels good and you feel that security that 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 you've been lacking, the next day, you realize that that thing does not last. Forever. It doesn't. You can get in arguments with people. You can get frustrated with people. And if you always keep your hope in man, if you always keep your self worth and your identity, if, if you have that wrapped up in, in another human, you're always going to go back to feeling empty because the only person that can truly make you feel full and loved and, and, and fulfilled and free. All of that stuff is God. And so I, I found my, my identity in my sexuality. So everything in my life just became, just became about just who I was as a homosexual person, trying to seek God and, 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 and in middle school and high school and saying, man, God, I know that this is wrong, but I don't know how to walk away from it because I do love it. Right? Like, take this from me. You're so big. You're so awesome. You're so amazing. Then take this same sex attraction. Take it from me so that I can be in right standing with you. And the problem was I never saw God in my life during that time period take it away. I never saw him take it away. He didn't take away the same sex thoughts. He didn't take away the attraction. He didn't take away the desire that, that That thing on the inside of me just seemed to be getting bigger and growing, growing bigger until I got to a place to where I said, God, I'm done with you. I am through with you. If you can't take it away, I can't deal with the conviction. I can't deal with the condemnation of of living outside of your will. Therefore, I am not pleasing you. Therefore, I feel like you're mad at me and uh, apparently I'm going to hell. So forget it, God. I want you to leave me alone. Forget the condemnation. I'm done with you. I think twelfth grade is when uh yeah, twelfth grade is when this happened and I threw up a couple middle fingers to God and I said, Deuces. I went to college and I had a lot of fun. I I went uh from having two sexual partners and like by the time I left high school to twenty-four by the time I left college. I just said, forget it. Like many of us do, right? When we are under the wing of our parents, when we are under the strict supervisory of of people who are guardians over us and we don't feel as though we can be who we are, quote unquote, Okay. When we feel as though we can't be who we are, we just feel suppressed. We don't feel as though we can grow into who we are as a person. So then when we leave that place, when we leave high school and we go to college, we just go buck wild half the time. We want to explore. We want to have fun. We want to do all the things we probably shouldn't do, but I feel like doing And YOLO. You only live once, so let's do it, right? And that's exactly what I did, I had fun. I had a lot of fun, I drank a lot, I partied a lot. I don't even remember school half the time because I was a typical college student that just liked to party. And so where that left me at the end of school, when everyone graduates, when everyone leaves, and now it's time to be an adult, I realized that I couldn't have fun without drinking. I couldn't be in a social environment without getting super tipsy, because I felt uncomfortable. I realized that I placed my value still in other people. If I wasn't in a, a happy relationship, I felt bad about myself. If I wasn't receiving that affirmation from other people, uh then then i felt horrible and and the things that i never allowed god to fix in my life the things that i never allowed god to address in my life became this snowball that was going downhill and it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger what do i mean by that there are things that we've gone through in our life for me in my childhood where i really Where I really needed the, I needed therapy, number one, and that's something that I did do periodically uh, for a time period in high school, and it was the best thing that I ever did, but there were things that I went through as a child that I never addressed, never let God address, I never filtered it properly in my mind, and those things became mountains in my life that I had to overcome. So maybe you struggled with sexual abuse and now you find yourself very promiscuous with the same sex. That's something that you never really dealt with properly. You never let God deal with it properly. And so now that that thing has snowballed and manifested itself in in this act in this way of thinking, in this way of, of believing, right? Maybe, maybe you were physically abused, uh, emotionally abused. And so now you just keep getting in these toxic relationships and you're wondering why you keep choosing wrong time after time after time. That is a small thing that was going on in your life. And I'm not trying to minimize it, but I'm saying that it got out of hand. God didn't, you didn't let God deal with it. You didn't deal with it. You pushed it behind. You pushed it back. You covered it up with dirt because you don't want to deal with it anymore. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Come on. I've, I've been there. When it's, when it's things that you've gone through and you're just like, I don't know how to deal with this, so I'm gonna drink these thoughts away. I'm gonna sleep this pain away, right? I'm gonna date this pain away. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to kind of cover it up so I don't have to deal with it and I don't have to deal with the pain or face the reality of whatever it is. And that's not how this works. There's so many people that are living a life far from God, because they never allowed God to resolve those things within them that caused them this the, the brokenness and the pain that they experience now in their lives. And so when I left college and I realized that, you know, I was jacked up. I struggled with depression all of my life. And there wasn't enough alcohol to drown it out. There wasn't enough sexual partners to drown that out. And so I came to a place to where I said, I need God. Now I wasn't even thinking about God changed the the uh the homosexuality because I kind of got to a place to where I said, you know what, I'm going to be a homosexual Christian. There's a theology on that to where basically uh people say, well, the Bible says it's okay to be homosexual and Christian because X, Y, and Z in the Bible. And I, 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 grabbed a hold of that wholeheartedly. And I followed that and there was never complete peace in my heart by walking that out, by believing that, trying to believe that. But I went with it anyway and it just, it just didn't feel right. So I was like, okay, forget it. And I found this church, First Baptist Church of Glen Arden in Maryland. And that is where I gave my life to God again Pastor Jenkins was uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. And I'm so glad that I had the time to go to that church um, while I was uh, in Maryland before I moved to Texas because I grew so much in just a couple months that I was there. Just a couple months that I was there, I grew so much and I learned so much. And the awesome thing is, I wasn't focused on my mountains, that evolved from the little molehills that I was dealing with. Those those little snowballs that became big snowballs, I, I wasn't focused on those. I was focused on getting to know the man named Jesus. And as I did that, I pushed everything aside. As I did that, he began to change my heart. And I think that's where we mess up a lot. We focus on the problem. We focus on our inability to, to do something, to change something. We focus on the fact that it hasn't happened yet. We focus on the fact that God hasn't done it yet. And that thing is our focus. And we can't even see Jesus because what's in front of us is a problem. What's in front of us is the thing that just seems to be so impossible. But if we push that aside and said, you know what, forget it. I'm going to focus on the man. I'm going to get to know the man named Jesus. He begins to change our heart. He begins to undo those wrong thinkings in our minds and our hearts that we've allowed the enemy to construct in our lives. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I still was living a homosexual lifestyle, but there was a freedom that was in me right? This is a process. This is a process. So I'm thinking that it's okay to still be homosexual. I now have a girlfriend and I'm loving Jesus and falling in love with him. It's kind of like if you were in the middle of a storm, right? And then you come to Jesus, but you're still sinning. but you come to Jesus. All of a sudden, the rain stops, the thunder stops. It's still cloudy, right? But but those things that were really affecting you, those things stops and you notice the difference. It's tangible. You feel a little bit better. You feel 10 times lighter, right? Although you're still living how you want to live because you haven't allowed Uh, God to address those things or God just hasn't addressed them yet because he's not going to do everything at one time all the time, because a lot of times that is way too much for us as individual people to handle. So he begins to untangle the web one by one by one. One strand at a time. One strand at a time. And so I felt better. I was beginning to understand what it meant to follow God and to love him and let him in your life. And I had this girlfriend and she was absolutely amazing. And I was at a place year later just saying, man, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. She is absolutely perfect in every way, shape, form, and fashion. I love her. And all of a sudden I started to feel this conviction. So that time in high school when I was just like, God, forget it, leave me alone. He never left me alone. He just took a step back. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to pressure you. I'm not going to force you. It's going to be your decision. But I will always be here ready, willing, and waiting for you to call me, to desire me, to want my help. But you have to do it my way. And I want you to know something. Even though you struggle with different sins, even though you aren't perfect, because none of us are, right? Although there's things in your life that need changing, but that those changes haven't come yet, God still loves you immensely. He cannot love you any more or any less than he does already. Whether you are doing perfectly good and you're amazing and you've overcome every sin, or you are just in a ditch and you are rolling around in trash, rolling around in every sin, and you're just like, God, help me to hate this. God loves you to the moon and back, but that does not mean that he doesn't want better for you. Just like a parent can love their child, although their child is on drugs and doing wrong and all of these different things, they still love their child, but they want their child to turn, repent, and come back to them so that they could help them grow into a better person. And so I started to feel that conviction and I'm just like, what's going on? I forgot what conviction felt like. And then it just over the next couple of months, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. God was telling me, this is not the lifestyle I have for you. This is not the life that you're supposed to live. If you continue this life, it will be eternal separation for me. Eternal separation for me. So you could have her. You could have her. And hope that she gives you that peace. Hope that she gives you that love. Hope that she gives you that affirmation that you're needing. But you're separating yourself from eternity with me. Because God will not have any other idols before him. It is him and him alone. He is on the throne. He's saying, don't put anything else before me. You want love? You want acceptance? You want that peace? You want you want that happiness? It's all in me. People are there to help you, to love you, all of that stuff. But you can't put that type of pressure on them because they will fail every time. Not because they're bad, but because they're human. And so it was at that moment that I said, yes, God, I will follow you, but... Do these three things, do these three things, and I will know that it is you, Father, and that I'm not tripping. I I need to know that this is you that's talking to me, because I'm learning how to hear your voice. The next day, he did all three things. Like that, my life flipped and it turned, and I was sold out for Christ Jesus now. What does that mean? Does that mean that I don't struggle? No, no, no. I struggle the past nine years that I've been sold out for God. It has not been without its own storms. It has not been without its own difficulties. I have had times in my life where I'm walking towards God, right, along this path with him, and I'm just like, this is getting difficult, you know? Uh, th- there's a storm coming, and I'm just kind of like, dang, I don't know if I want to keep walking forward, and then I kind of turn, and I look back, and I'm like, man, it was kind of nice back there. I know it wasn't healthy for me. I know it wasn't good, but what's in front of me is scary, and it's difficult, and you're asking me, God, to step out on faith in stuff that I'm not even sure that you can handle And I feel bad for saying that, but it's true. God, I am scared to step out on faith. I am scared to trust you in the unknown because I'm not sure if you're really going to come through for me. And over the past nine years, I have seen God come through over and over again, but I have also grown and I have realized as God has given me wisdom And a lot of this wisdom comes from failing, comes from disappointment and frustration. But it's given me clarity. So when I expect something in a certain amount of time from God and it doesn't happen, I'm faced with a choice, right? We're faced with a choice. Does that mean that God can't do it? He didn't do it. I wasn't good enough. I didn't pray hard enough. What does it mean? So I r- realize in a lot of these seasons, there are times when I am the one that is blocking my blessing because I'm not being obedient in what God wants me to do. And I'm going to tell you some of these things, and it's going to resonate with you, okay? For me, those things that God is always talking to me about, and sometimes I fall short, it's obedience. When I say obedience, I mean even in the small things. Don't pick up the phone. Go to church. Open your Bible. Spend time with me. Don't hang out with them. Right? Obedience. Faith. Patience. My God, patience. Realizing that it's not on our uh, uh, it's not in our time frame that God does things because He's God. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's He's He is our everything. He's the one that created everything, and and we're just a part of this. And so what I realize is, even if God doesn't come through with what I thought He was going to come through with, it doesn't mean that He is not good. It doesn't always mean that we did something wrong because there's human error in it too. If you are wanting, you know, for your relationship with someone else to get better, it takes two to tango. You could be trying, but if they aren't trying, that's a whole nother ballgame. You could be praying for them all you want, and God could be touching them and tugging them, but they have the free will to say, okay, I'll lean into the things of God, and I will try, or I don't even care. Don't want to do it. Screw it, right? There's some things where it takes two, and it's other people's free will that come into play, but there's other things where God's just like, you weren't ready for it. And I don't want to give you something that you aren't ready for because you will destroy something good, right? There's times in our life when, when God wants us to just grow more as a person, right? There's so many of us are just walking in the wilderness over and over again. We're just walking in circles because we just aren't, ref- we are refusing to learn what God is trying to teach us. We are refusing to, to get it right, to get the lesson. And does that mean that God can't give you something good in spite of yourself? Of course he can, but it's trusting him, whether you get it or not, whether you receive it or not, whether it comes to pass or not. It's trusting that God is sovereign. And what I mean by that is he knows everything. He knows the hearts of man. He knows the minds of man. He knows what's going to happen today, tomorrow, and in the future. He knows all of those things. So can you trust the man who is sovereign? Can you trust the God who is sovereign to 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 lead you along the path of righteousness? And so, you know, I talk about the com- the comparison trap so much. You know, and we can't fall into that at all. We can't compare ourselves to other people, to other ministries. Ecclesiastes nine eleven it says this. Here is something else I have learned. The fastest runners and the greatest heroes don't always win, win races and battles. Wisdom, intelligence, and skill don't always make you healthy, rich, or popular. We each have our own share of misfortune. I'm going to read that again. Ecclesiastes nine eleven. Here's something else I have learned. The fastest runners and the greatest heroes don't always win races and battles. Wisdom, intelligence, and skill don't always make you healthy, rich, or popular. We each have our own share of misfortune. We each have our own share of heartache. We each have our own share of it didn't happen. It didn't come to pass when I thought it was going to be. This didn't go how I wanted it to go. This race wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Trusting God is a little bit more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I didn't know that God was going to work in this area of my life so hard and 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 it's just difficult. I didn't know that temptation was going to come at me so hard. I didn't know that I was going to lean into that temptation and at the same time saying god help me but at the same time not wanting his help at all i didn't know that this race was so difficult full of potholes full of, full of hurdles full of full of storms and rains and 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 thunderstorms and many of you like i have have cried at night over over the the growing that god is doing on the inside of us and, and, and on the inside of us growing always produces growth pains. As we are growing, as we are getting stronger in the Lord, we're doing something to get there and it's exercising, right? It's, it's, it's exercising our spiritual intelligence. It's, it's exercising our faith. It's exercising our patience, our trust and obedience in God. And those things are not fun. It sucks. Okay. It really sucks. But the, what, what it produces what it produces is something that is beautiful. What blooms from it is something that is powerful and something that we cannot pay for. It's something that we cannot just get from another human being. Only, This only comes from God. It only comes from God. The, the growth and the wisdom that will sustain us, the understanding that will guide us. It comes from God and God alone. And so over the past nine years, has it been easy for me? No. Was it worth it? Has it been worth it? Yes. Have I cried? Yes. Is it frustrating at times? Yes. Lonely? Yes. But I would never, ever go back in spite of all of those things because following God even when you're scared is the best thing that you could ever do so don't give up on God because he ain't ever going to give up on you ever I don't care what you're doing I don't care who you're doing it with. He loves you to the moon and back. You have absolutely no idea. No idea. He's just saying, Come to me as you are broken, messed up, drunk, whatever you are, come to me as you are. I just want to take your hand and I want to love you and I want to guide you. It's saying yes to God and taking that first step, that leap of faith. It's one decision followed by another decision. It's saying yes to God and then taking his hand and beginning to walk with him, learning and growing in him. Remember the race is not given to the swift, to the strongest, to the smartest, but to the one who endures to the end. You can be scrawny, scrappy and dumb, I don't care. But if you are enduring, That's where it's at because that big guy, that smart guy, they may give up. They may give up. Anyone can finish the race. It's just saying yes to God, trusting him and doing it scared. Thank you for tuning in to the Victories Greater Than Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this message. Um, If you want to donate to this ministry, please do. It helps me to do these one-on-ones with uh, people from all around the world. I absolutely love it. I do it free of charge. Um, So if you want to give to the ministry, I'd appreciate that. And if you want a little bit of help, a little bit of assistance, if you want someone to listen to you and uh, just... Linda ear and help you out. I am that girl for you. All right. You can go to www.loveofthecross.com and you could shoot me an email. And within 48 hours, I will check it out and I will get back to you. Okay. I absolutely love you. And I thank you guys for tuning in. Share, rate, review. I'll see you next time.